Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday, the 12th of December 2021. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week on the third Sunday of Advent, Paul spoke on Ready or Not, and the reading is Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 to 51. So we'll join, go and join Paul as he's introducing the service. Welcome to Minehead Baptist Church. Good morning, Mark. Good to see you. There he is. Thumbs up, I think, was to all of us. Good morning online, good morning here. You're really welcome if this is your first time in this place, if you've come to worship with us for the very first time. And you're really welcome if you call this church home. In reality, it's great to worship the Lord with you. Our notices for the week are relatively simple, except for obviously in a moment I'll update you on the whole new thing about COVID guidance that we've received. But suffice to say that there is, at four o'clock, some community carols at the hub this afternoon. Please come along and join us and share with that community and sing with them. It would be lovely to see you if you're able to be there. Next Sunday, we have a family nativity service in the morning. Uh, That nativity service will not... Uh, be put on YouTube. For those of you that normally follow us on YouTube, we won't be putting our nativity service on YouTube. Instead, as a one-off, because we'll only be able to do it for one week as we go over the Christmas period, we will be live streaming our carol service at six o'clock on YouTube. So if you're unable to get here for any reason, you could you can uh, follow us on YouTube, uh, but not on Facebook. So we've changed the way we do things. You can only find us on YouTube. If you want to know how to do that, and I expect you might get many calls this week, please phone Richard. (laughs) If you phone me, what I'll say is, please phone Richard, okay? I have no clue, but Richard's your man. Oh, okay, he's just just told me that we're going to share a link on Facebook, so hopefully that means a lot to those of you that know what it means. Then just to say that that many of you will know that Betty Betteridge um, is moving to Blackpool a week on Monday. Well, Betty's not here this morning. Uh, She's having to isolate before she has some cataracts sorted out this week. She's hopeful of being here next Sunday, but of course much depends upon what happens with that operation. But either way round, and thank you to Pauline, Pauline, thank you for organising this for us. We've got a large ish card for us all just to come and sign to wish Betty well on her way now the card's on the stage so you can come and do that when you wish incidentally if you come and sign it in the sermon which you could do I will assume that you're stepping forward for prayer (laughs) friends we all know that this week is uh, things have changed with regards to the Covid arrangements in church Um, There's been some government guidance this week and there's been some announcements. And so this is the difference that it makes to us here at NBC. With a couple of reminders too. You're reminded that should you have any COVID-19 symptoms, that you don't attend any church activity, either here at the church or at the hub. That's been the same the whole way through, but we have been asked to remind folk of that. The other thing we've been asked to remind everyone of is that we should use hand sanitizer when we enter or leave the building. Those are kind of two general reminders. In line with the government announcements, 
unless you have an exemption or a reason for not doing so, we're now required to wear a face covering at all times whilst at NBC. There is one exception, however, and that is this. You have to wear your face covering at all times, but you will be able to remove your face covering when you are singing. But, okay, importantly, for us to be the right side of the legislation, if you remove it to sing when we've stopped singing, you've got to put it back on again. You can take it off to sing, but only to sing. Or, if you are leading the service, or you're part of a worship group or a choir. That's the latest government legislation, but therefore we are able to sing without our masks on, or without our face coverings on. I hope that makes sense and is clear. Friends, let me say this to you. Sorry guys, let me say this to you. In respect for everyone who wishes to wear their face covering when singing and worshipping, can we stop a nonsense? Can we stop the nonsense that goes up to someone and says, why are you wearing a mask? We will not be defined in this period of time by whether we wear a mask or not. We will be defined by how we care for each other and how we show the love of Jesus Christ to each other. So let's stop the nonsense here and now. And it's also true to say that if someone's not wearing a mask, please do not go up to them and say, why aren't you wearing a mask? We will not be defined by how we wear, whether or not we wear a mask, but by how we care and love for each other at this time. Sermon over. <laughs> not really. <laughs> It's also true to say that from today we will have to stop for a while serving tea and coffee after the service. For obvious reasons, you cannot drink coffee through a mask. And the only thing you can't... You can't well, you, I'm, I'm imagining it's really difficult to sing and drink coffee at the same time too. So we will not be serving tea and coffee for a while. And if after the service you want to catch up with people, can I encourage you, because we want to make sure this place is... Somewhere where those who wish to have prayer can come and receive it and respond to what the Lord is saying. Can we encourage you to go and find another part of the building to carry on that conversation in? Or indeed, if the weather allows, to be outside. One other thing. Things could change rather quickly. We know that now. But we're going to endeavour, as we know things, to let you know how they affect the church as soon as we possibly can. So if you're on our email list, keep an eye open for emails. And if uh, Sunday by Sunday you come, we will let you know how things are changing. But importantly, with all of that done, I want to say something that I would love you to say amen to. I announce to the world that God is still God. That God is still in control. That this time, midst all we're doing to fight a marathon against the virus, that this church, by its very nature, will be patient with each other, kind with each other, and understanding to each other. And that we will show the grace of God and the love of Jesus to everyone, to each other and to the world. Specifically to those we don't agree with. That seems to me to be an amen moment, church. Amen. Thank you very much.
averse, uh, you would not know this yet, but we, as a leadership, uh, we, uh, I had a sense God was calling us to use a verse as a kind of a theme for 2022, and I shared it with the leadership, and the leadership, well, they endorsed it. And as it happens, this was shared a couple of months ago. See what you think as to whether it's appropriate for today. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 say this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Friends, that I think is what God is after from us in 2022. And I thought that this would be a really appropriate moment to ask you to do something with me. As this Omicron strain sort of takes hold, let's stand and pray for the town and let's pray that God will be in control. I invite you to stand with me and pray. Father God, we take that verse from Proverbs seriously this morning. This is the moment when we don't lean on our understanding, but we lean on your understanding. When we don't stand here and say we are right, but we stand here and declare our Lord is right. When we stand here, Lord, and we say no matter what, we will worship you. When we stand here, Lord, and we say we pray for our community. Lord, we want to echo the prayer of, that Alex brought us in the way in his, in his word last week. And we want to say, Lord, Lord, let them come to know you. Mine head needs you, Lord. And we stand and pray, not for ourselves, but for the town. That in all that we do and all that we are, we may declare Jesus is Lord. Our God is God. So, this morning, Lord, before we begin to worship you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, flood this place, we pray. Work in us and through us and among us. So that no mask can ever stop the work of God. No government can ever silence the church of God. And no virus will ever defeat the church of God. We stand together and declare for our community in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, friends. Please be seated. I'm just going to repair. For those at the youth club that did the, uh, the lovely work on the lectern, I've just repaired the bit I damaged. Is that all right? Friends, we have some Advent calendars here. Um, sorry, some Advent candles here. They remind us of a reality. Does anyone remember what the first one we lit was for? Joy. Someone said the second one was hope. The third one that we light today is for peace. Simon, I wonder if you'd come and light them for us. Let's pray together for the hope, joy and peace of the world. Father, 
we acknowledge this is the season when we look forward not just to the fact that Christ has come, but that he will come again, a second advent, which will bring hope, joy, peace into the world. We look forward to the reality of his coming. Because, Lord, we declare that Jesus has come, and in his coming, he made it possible for him to come again. Flood our world, we pray, with the hope, the joy, and the peace of Advent. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to hand over to Roy and to the worship group now, as we lead us, as they lead us, Advent classics. Let's stand and sing. Following on that, what's Paul just said, come thou long expected Jesus. Good morning, everybody. Are you okay? Good. Feeling excited about Christmas? Yes, of course we are. Of course we are. Right, before I start, I've got a couple of little announcements to make. The first one is thank you so much for all the presents that you brought in for the, the youth club for our party on Friday night. If you've got any more, keep bringing them in, okay? Our party's on at 6 o'clock, is it Friday? Yeah, 6 o'clock, yeah. Okay, so any time before that, well, we've got lots, but if you've got more, we'd love them. And then the other one is next Sunday, okay, is Nativity Sunday. And I don't want you to miss out really, because we're going to dress up, okay, we're going to have Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the angels, and I'd like you, all those people who have always wanted to be Mary, you've got that opportunity. So you can come dressed as Mary, you can come dressed as Joseph, you can come dressed as any nativity character that you would like to be, and you will be included in our nativity service next Sunday. Don't let me down and come as you are now. Okay, because that will be very, very disappointing. But please, please come dressed as a nativity character. That would be great. Okay, and we'll see what happens next week. Okay, okay. I can see some of you already thinking, what am I going to be? All right, what am I going to do? All right, all right. Have I got that tea towel in the drawer? All right, that one. All right. Which one's going to make the best shepherd? That's what we're after. Okay, all right, all right. Pardon? Okay, who's coming as angels? Oh, there's a few angels. Who's coming as Mary? Julian. Eh? Julian's coming as Mary. That could be fun. Eh? Don't let us down now, Julian. <laughs> no, no. Right, next one. Here we go. What have I got? Popcorn. Why have I got popcorn? Why have I got popcorn? I'm going to watch a film, possibly. I actually missed out on my film night on Friday night because I wasn't very well. And I'd like to say a massive thank you to all those people who helped out at film night and made it happen. Because apparently it was really good, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Right? And everything was really good. So well done, everybody. That's really good. But I've got popcorn, right? Because popcorn and movies go together, don't they? 
they go together brilliantly, okay? Just like fish and chips, okay? Those sorts of things they're just meant to do, all right? If you go to the movies, okay, if you go to the movies, what happens? You make a noise. You make a noise. Mm. You eat popcorn, you sat down in that lovely chair. What happens at the start of the movies? They have adverts, they do. Does anyone remember Pearl and Dean? Oh, no, you won't because you're too young. Too young, but the adults will remember Pearl and Dean. And then what happens after the adverts? They do tell you to turn off your phone. And then they give you previews of the coming attractions. Those next movies who are going to come. And you sit there and again you're looking forward to what's going to happen. Mm. Oh, I think I'd like to watch that new Black, Bat, what, Batman. Is it Batman? That new Batman movie. I'd like to watch that. So we get to see what the coming attractions are. Well, guess what? We're in a season of coming attractions. What season are we in now? Advent. And with Advent, what are the coming attractions? What are we looking forward to? What do you think, Jamie? Christmas. Christmas, that's right. We're looking forward to Christmas. What are we looking forward to in Christmas? What are we looking forward to? What do you think? Jesus' birthday. You've just missed all the rest. Of, that's the last bit. Right? <laughs> Jesus is coming. That's what the coming attractions is really about. So in this season of Advent, it's called Advent because it's about something special happening. Now I love Christmas. I love all the turkey and the trimmings and the decorations and the presents and all those things. But what I really enjoy is the fact that Jesus is coming. So in this season of Advent, in these coming attractions, okay, let's remember that Jesus is coming. I'm just going to turn my page over because I can't remember what I'm going to say yet. But do you know what else we're looking for for Advent? It's not just Jesus' birthday. What else? Not everyone's. What else? Did Jesus... What do you think? Pardon? No, not Leo's birthday. It's that. Jesus didn't just come once. He's coming again. He is. So Advent is about Jesus coming again. But when do we know? When's it happening? Any idea? Pardon? No, Jesus, we don't know when Jesus is coming again. We have no idea. But we don't know when it's going to happen. But should we know it's going to happen? Should we know? Go on then, Roy. We're told in the scripture. It will happen again. But we don't know the date. We don't know when. But like the theatre and the the movies, right? it's a coming attraction. And we should be looking forward to it. Who's looking forward to Jesus coming again? Well done, everyone. Who's looking forward to Christmas? Well done. Who's looking to both of them? Well done, let's pray. With a mouthful of popcorn. That was bad timing, wasn't it? Lord, we look forward to your return. We celebrate your birthday every year.
We celebrate Christmas. But Lord, we long for your return. Be with us, Lord. Help us to do what you need us to do. Help us to stay busy looking after people who need our help, loving one another, caring for one another, and worshipping you, our Lord Jesus Christ, in this Advent time. Amen. I've no idea what's happening now. Are we going out? We're going out, right. Okay, I have no idea what's going on. Right, everyone, let's go off to fire starters. And as, as, they, as they go, can you just lift your hands in prayer for the for children and, the, and their mark and the leaders and the volunteers, all the helpers? Just bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. May they, uh, may they have fun and fellowship. May they draw closer to Jesus as they spend time together. And may we draw closer to Jesus as we spend time together too. Thank you, Lord. So our reading this morning is from Matthew, and it is from 24 and from verse 36. So Matthew 24, from verse 36, reading um, through to the end of the chapter. And this is about what Jesus says about the time of his coming. No one knows about that day or hour Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have left his house or let it be broken into. So you also must be ready Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant who the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth. He will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him 
and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him to a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. May God add his understanding to that word. Although it be difficult, may we take it in and feed on it. Amen. Then all hurt and pain will cease and we'll be with him forever and in his glory we will live. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your promise, Lord, that you are coming again. Maranatha, come, even come, Lord Jesus. Amen. We will see what the Spirit does and how he inspires, but I kind of warn the group that we might sing that song again. Because the reality is that's our inheritance. You see, the truth is, friends... During this Advent season, we've been looking and thinking not only about the birth of a child in Bethlehem, which we celebrate, but looking forward to the coming of a king. As I have said in this church before, I've read the book, We Win. And the truth of the matter is that one day we will be wrapped up and we will meet our Lord and our Saviour and our King, as scripture says, in the air. I can't wait for that day. I've got to tell you the truth. Come this afternoon, Lord. When we're at the hub, come. And may I meet, I'll be on that day, oh, that'll be amazing. That we'll meet brothers and sisters that have been Christians for years. But we'll meet those that were Christians in that moment before the Lord came. Anyway, that's just me. That was nothing that was written here. That's just me saying, I thank you for leading us. We have been looking to that amazing coming of a king. It was a wonderful Friday evening. Incidentally, I noted that on Friday, Mark bought the popcorn from a, a very, you know, a, a shop that's renowned for its low prices. And this morning, when he was eating it, he got them the better sort. Do you know what I mean? I saw, I saw that from the packet. I will have a word later on. But it was wonderful to spend some time on Friday with our youngsters, our youth, watching a film. Now, you now know what won the vote. So let's have a quick poll amongst ourselves. If you think that I'm right in this statement, can I just ask you to raise your hand? I would assume that you're replying to the vote, not that you're being charismatic. But the reality is, do you agree with me that The Muppet Christmas Carol is one of the best Christmas films of all time? Praise the Lord. I just want to tell you the rest of you are wrong. Thank you, bless you. <laughs> but in truth, I love children's films. And at this time of year, although myself and Lorraine, you know, it's just the two of us at home, it is true to say, and I'm going to let you into a secret, that we often watch those Christmas films. They're great, aren't they? But, you know, it's also true to say a children's film is not just for Christmas. And by that I mean 
some of these films can even speak into our understanding of Jesus' second coming. I want to show you what I mean. I don't know how many of you would have seen the movie Shrek. Everyone seen Shrek? What about Shrek 2? Okay, and in Shrek 2, what we find is an obnoxious, for want of a better word, donkey, actually named Donkey. I wonder how long it took the group to decide that. And in that movie, this humorous and satirical take of some of our favourite childhood fairy tales, there's a trip that takes place to a magical kingdom of far, far away. If you've not seen Shrek or Shrek 2, I won't spoil the surprise, but it's complete with a Hollywood sign that announces you've arrived. And far, far away is far, far away. And Shrek and Fiona, those are the two main characters, are heading to visit and meet her parents for the first time since they were married. You need to know that she's a princess and he's an an ogre. As I once said to Lorraine, it's quite like my house, really. Thank you. (laughs) This is is packed with jokes. Please, people. (laughs) And it's quite a journey, and in my opinion, the scene you're about to see is one that is iconic to the film. Because as they make their way slowly to the land of far, far away, I think the donkey's the star. Let's see what you think. It's an amazing film, a good clip from the film, if you know the film at all. And that question, are we there yet? Any of us that have had children and been on a journey with them in a car, we know that question, don't we? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? 
Um, I was once tempted, my son, as many of you know, uh, trained to be a pilot. And I was once, once tempted, but I didn't do it because I didn't know what it would look like to the, his colleagues in the cockpit to text him every five minutes to say, are you there yet? But, but it didn't, you know. I would say to you, friends, this. The most persistent question that people ask me as a pastor when they want to speak about Jesus' coming again is, when? Or to put it another way, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And we look for signs as to what might be. Can we try and formulate a date? Try and interpret the world around us? Listen to one expert or another? Some that say it's there and then, and others that say it's there and then. Make sense of it all, pick our favourite expert, and constantly ask, if we're not careful, just that one question. Are we there yet? As Alex said last week, he doesn't know, and I don't know. And in truth... When we look around the world at the current situation in the news and we hold that against the return of our king, isn't that the same question that if we're not careful, we constantly ask as believers, are we there yet? What does it mean that we truly, on a global scale, don't seem to be able to control and eliminate a virus when it keeps appearing to have so many variations which seem to better us and better science in some way, when those spring up all around the world. Surely, we could say, it must mean something in terms of Jesus' coming again, mustn't it? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Friends, I think Jesus tells us in the text we read this morning that there is a far more important question that we need to ask ourselves. Implied in the be ready at all times. It's a question that Alec, when he spoke last week, posed. And he encouraged us to look up at the stars and not at the mud. This is the question that realistically is more important for us all this time. Not, are we there yet? But are you ready for when he returns? Because Jesus could come back today. And I'll prove it. Jesus says he will return when it's least expected. Did anyone come into church this morning believing that by 5 to 11 he would have come again? So no one was expecting it. When does Jesus say he will return? When no one expects it. Friends, I don't know what's got to happen. I do agree with my brother of last week that things in this world will get worse. But the truth is I join with him in not knowing when Christ will come again. I don't know if we're there yet. And actually I'm glad. Because if we knew the precise date, we might be tempted to be lazy in our work for Christ. Or worse still, we might plan to keep sinning and then turn back to God at the end. You know, heaven is not the only goal we have. If you're watching mine head, I want to say to you loudly and proudly and clearly on behalf of our Lord, our goal is to do the Lord's work within this community so that you might be saved. We have work to do, people. 
And we'll keep on doing it until our death or until we see the unmistakable return of the Saviour. Now I do believe, friends, we've all got different views, but I believe the Lord's return is more imminent than we know. But I also believe that if we concentrate on when, rather than making ourselves ready for his return, fitting this church ready for his return, making his bride his bride for his return, then we not only miss the point that Jesus is making here, but we can easily do the work of the enemy who longs for us to be distracted. That's what he wants. The enemy cannot win. Remember, I read to the end of the book, we're winning. But what he can do is distract the church of Jesus Christ from doing the job the church of Jesus Christ should. Truth of the matter is, you and I are called for a heavenly existence when we meet him in the air. But an earthly workload. And then, if we think of this morning with its new COVID regulations, with having to wear face coverings most of the time in church, not being able to socialise over tea and coffee, and the changes not only today brings, but future announcements and events might make happen in the coming weeks. If we're not careful, we can easily reduce church and our decision to come and worship Holy God as to whether or not we need to wear a face covering, or whether we're allowed to sing or whether we can socialise, or whether we can have to do it this way or that way, or reduce numbers, etc., etc., etc. Get the drift. Here's me personally, and if I'm the only one, fine. But personally, I prefer to say this, that God is still God, that he's in control, and that nothing in heaven or on earth will shake him. That he's the same yesterday, today and forever. He will come how and when he determines. And I declare to our enemy that we win. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the reality of the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I am not afraid. I am not browbeaten. And certainly no virus will stop me worshipping the Lord. I will never ever give up worshipping our awesome, amazing, holy God. And no amount of restriction will stop Minehead Baptist Church praising God here or online. Restrictions, regulations may alter what we do, and that's fine. But they will not stop us worshipping. And if that results in me Sunday morning on my own, on my knees in this church, so be it. We will never, ever Give up the right to worship. That's one of the things our Lord won for us. We are not going to give the enemy the victory. Ever. See, I could get quite passionate when I choose to. But no virus, no debate over a vaccine, no mask wearing, no hand sanitising, no data collecting or social distancing, however much we must take them into account, or distract us from doing something else either. We will declare the good news of Jesus Christ and his coming again to a needy community. In fact, isn't that another example? Where if we concentrate all our time on those issues, then we simply do the work of the enemy for him. Let's focus 
Let's not look at the mud, my friend. Let's look at the stars. Now, two weeks ago, we looked at the persecuted church around the world, and Alex shared with you my heart that for many of our brothers and sisters of Christ around the world, they are already going through those signs of tribulation. But I'm humbled by them. Because nothing stops them worshipping God, does it? That story of that little girl. I can't celebrate Christmas on Christmas Day, but I can on my birthday. Because the neighbours don't know. And I will still worship. Humbling story. So let's not become distracted by whether we wear a mask or not. Whether we have coffee or not. But let's stand and share the good news of God's kingdom here. I think the church in England, in this nation, is crying out for a church that stands and says, amidst all that's going on, we are for the Lord. Why not Minehead Baptist Church? Question mark. I think he's calling us to do that. Friends, you and I must do something. You must think beyond the present, look to the future, and prepare for Christ's return. We need to stand tall and declare for him. And that may all may tell you something. I'm not so much interested in when the Lord will come again. I'm interested in standing here in this place and repenting. Because you may be... You may all be looking at the person in this church that needs to repent more than anybody else. But I daily need to do that. What about you? I daily need to ask the Lord to make me ready for when he comes again. Declare to mine head, time is short. Come, repent, believe. Because according to our reading, verses 40 to 42, Christ's second coming will be swift. And will be sudden. There's not going to be an opportunity for last minute repentance or bargaining. Or, or, or if, since we're preparing for Christmas, my normal, which is last minute shopping. You, you, are there any gents like me? Is anyone brave enough to admit, thank you, Lester? Yeah, I'm a bit like that. I want to thank the Lord that the 24th of December is a Saturday this year because it means I can I get to shop a day earlier, which is the 23rd. Are you with me? Brother, we're together. <laughs> The truth is, there won't be no last-minute kind of Christmas shopping over our decisions. Because his coming will be swift and obvious and apparent. There'll be no amount of this sort of logic. This was a summary of a discussion I had years ago with someone, but here you go. A kind of, well, I was waiting until a few days before my death to follow Jesus, before my wholehearted commitment to him. Because it says, doesn't it, in Scripture... That I can do that. Once I'm his, I'm his. Till then, I'll get on with my life. Thank you very much. Because I knew, dear Paul, that if I came and spoke to you about it, or if I listened to what scripture says, it would challenge my behaviour and my lifestyle. In the meantime, if he does decide to come now, I'll just make sure I'm a nice person. I've done the right things. And surely that will do. It won't do. When he comes again, he's going to come. And you either know him as Lord and Saviour, or you don't. It is that simple.
Indeed, he's going to come so swiftly. This is just to let Richard's uh, lecturers know, in case you can go and tell them I said this. I'm already in enough trouble with them. It doesn't matter if you add a bit more to it. The reality is that this is what I think. There won't even be time for the scholars at Bristol Baptist College to organise an online debate about whether it's really the second coming. It'll happen. It'll be there. Immediate, swift, decisive. And friends, friend, the choice you have already made, the choice you make this Advent season, indeed the choice you make today, will determine your eternal salvation. Jesus' purpose in telling us this is not to stimulate prediction and calculation about a date, but to warn us to prepare. So are you ready? Are you? In verse 46, Jesus says this, It will be good for the servant whose masters find him doing when he returns. The only safe choice is to choose for him today. Awesome though it seems, the reality is we need to follow our Lord. Why? Because as verse 51 says, He, God, will cut him to pieces and assign him to a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And weeping and gnashing of teeth is a phrase used to describe God's judgment, despair. In other words, his judgment is as sure and certain as Jesus' return to earth. Now it's true to say, including in this church, I have genuinely lost count the number of times over the years I've been asked something like this. We are meeting with someone and I'm quite prone to saying to people, how's your prayer life going? How's your Bible reading life going? And we've got around to that conversations and I've been told something like this. My life's too busy because of family or work or commitments with friends. One person I spoke to because they played, quote them, I can't do anything with church during the week because I play netball. Actually, friends, the reality is they're all excuses. And in this passage, it bluntly tells us to prepare for his coming again. So I invite you to determine today to draw once again closer to him, to read scripture, to commit yourself with praying with each other, with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you know, here's the deal. Do you know the busiest, most productive, most amazing, most dynamic, most expressive, most spirit-filled, most second-coming-ish, if that's a word, meeting this church should ever have is its prayer meeting? And do you know why it's not? You're not there. That's why not. We should pray. And we should commit ourselves to come and prepare this Advent in the right way. Now, the passage last week and this week look towards the end of times to his coming again. Friends, I want to tell you, he is coming again. And he is going to wrap the world up, and I say again, we're on the winning side. Why? Because this passage here speaks of Christ's triumph, the triumph over good and evil. It speaks of God's purposes over a satanic rebellion. The passage here speaks of Christ's restoration. When he comes again, there'll be restoration. Social, cosmic, personal, moral restoration. 
a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth. The passage speaks of the king and judgment. As one commentator puts it, what has been hidden in the human heart over the years will be shown in its true light. It will not be a matter of degree of colour, but rather whether we go running towards Jesus and his coming again, or we retreat in fear and hatred. I want to invite you to come run with me. Run towards the arms of our amazing Saviour. The parables we read shows us that Jesus expects his coming again will be an awesome, dynamic event. And expects you and I to be watchful, holy, ready to meet him. Calls us not to be distracted by the tricks and the lies of the enemy. Calls us once again to recall God is in control. Ask you and me to be faithful servants, using our gifts and our opportunities to his advantages. Calls you and me, every single one of us, to be overflowing with his self-forgetful, self-sacrificing love. There's no higher calling, and every, even the humblest of disciples, is called to him. There's a question to finish with, and it's this. If today, dear Minehead Baptist Church, you and I choose to do exactly that, to forget about ourselves, to concentrate on him, to put him front and centre of our lives, and to concentrate on the advancement of his kingdom, to simply come and worship him no matter what, determined to join with each other as much as we can, despite whatever restrictions may apply, if we are determined to put his agenda front and centre of all we do, then we will truly be able to look forward to his coming again. Because we'll be ready. I want to be ready for your coming, Lord. And I want it now. We'll be ready for his return. And we'll be able to join with Shrek and Fiona. Remember that clip? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Many of you have got children. I asked, do you join in that moment? And of course you do. But there is also the amazing, glorious moment when, for the last time, they say, are we there yet? And you simply say, yes. Amen. Let's pray, friends. Father, we look forward to the day when your son comes again. And Jesus, oh, we want you to come now. Come, Lord Jesus, we pray. Fit us for your return so that you may come and reign. And Lord, I pray for Minehead, for the towns and the villages we come from, that you, Lord Jesus, would, through us, that you would fit them ready. Last week, Lord, we, Alec told us of the thousands and millions that will come to you. We pray, Lord, for your coming, not for our benefit, but for theirs, that they may come to know you. Not for our betterment, but for your glory. So come and make us fit. In this moment, Lord, we repent of all that stands between us and you that we have put in the way. We repent and say once again,
Come, Lord Jesus, come. For we look forward to the day that all creation has been waiting for. Friends, in this moment, bring yourself before your Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. I am going to ask the guys if they can play the song we had before. Sorry, guys at the back, but that song, There Is A Day, and then we're going to finish with another song of worship too. But there is a day. Do you know, I don't know what it would be like to meet Jesus in the air. When I was first became a Christian, uh, I remember sort of thinking, what would it like be like to, to fly? Because that's the implication, isn't it? That will all meet him in flight. And I don't know what it will be like. But I do trust the reality that it will be. So I invite you to cement that reality in your heart. And sing with me. There is a day. There is a day. That all creation's waiting Liberation from the earth. And on that day, the Lord will come to meet his So, Lord, this morning I choose to worship you. And, Lord, I acknowledge that even though death may come in you, I have life. Life everlasting. That goes beyond the grave. That goes where you went. You, Lord, went and broke the power of death over us. And the power of sin over us. I thank you, Lord, that this morning we can come... Centering ourselves upon your amazing grace. And in doing so we can declare. You are our Lord. We will one day. Despite all that might happen. And all the world might say. And indeed despite death itself. Meet you in the air. And we will be like you. Hallelujah. You who sits around the throne of God this morning. You who intercedes on our behalf. You who loves us and cares for us and nurtures us and sustains us and emboldens us. You who asked the Father and sent the powerful Holy Spirit, our helper, our paraclete. You who are our all in all. To you be all honour and praise and glory and majesty. And this morning we commit ourselves once again to you. Have your way with us. Anoint and be glorified, we pray. For we acknowledge this morning, maybe as never before, the reality of who you are. And we take up once again the words of Matthew. As you left, you gave us a commission. 
to do until you come again. You said this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And between now and when you come again, you said this, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In our understanding and our non-understanding, I pray a blessing on my friends this morning that are gathered, that you would be our understanding and with us till the end of the age when we will see you face to face and gather with you in the air. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. To leave a comment, please go to mynhead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.